the blast from our past network. broken all the laws of man, Luther. Now, it looks as though you've broken the laws of nature, too. I can only assume you must have hidden a device of some kind in one of those missiles I hurled into the sun. You know, Mr. Muscle, I'm gonna really miss these little chats we had together. You're the only one that could keep up with me. Lenny! What? I want to propose a toast to a nice guy who's about to finish last. <laughs> Destroy Superman. Later. He's a little bit anxious. Can you blame him? Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. This week, we are covering Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. And with me, as always, is co-host Dean. Dean, welcome to the show this week. What do you think of Superman 4? Uh, what I think of Superman 4, I think uh, it is hands down the worst movie we've ever covered. It's got oh, that's a hot take. It's hot. That's a hot take. That's this is. I feel like this is the worst that uh, the worst movie we've ever covered on a on an episode. Y- you might be right. I, I'm not. I'm not challenging you. You might be right, but I'd have to search through my memory banks, Dean, because there's been some stinkers. Yeah, I think if we take out anything that's titled like holiday episode, <laughs> then it's for sure the worst. <laughs> But I think it rivals the holiday episode. Movies. I like all our holiday episodes better than this movie. I know you do. I know you love those movies. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I'm kind of shocked that you said that because I was expecting to come in here and, and be like, Dean, what did you think? And, and you'd be like, I loved it. <laughs> I loved this movie. Didn't, man. Nothing here for me. Cool. Oh, this is going to be exciting. I'm I'm really looking it's a forward mess. to digging into it's it. It's a total mess. It's a total mess. It's a total mess. It's a total mess. I can't get I can't get behind anything. Like the, the, there's no even idea I can grab onto and say that was fun because I don't even know what's going on in the movie. So I care. I don't care at all for anything. Oh goody. Oh goody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. So this is your first time seeing it, obviously, right? Well, um, I did realize uh, as soon as I started watching it that this is one that I've like sort of caught on tv as a kid like i have memories of scenes okay i remembered certain things that didn't pop up in the other super superman movies so uh this is definitely where i had some memories but it's not like i've actually sat down and watched the movie so yes this is the first time i sat down and watched the movie yeah i saw this as a young kid uh who it was probably made for and i loved superman and i was blown away with how bad it was as a kid yeah. And I just for sure. I remember as a kid not being able to sit through it. 
Like I wanted to it's turn so it off as a kid. And then rewatching there's nothing, it. There's nothing there's there's nothing to grasp onto. Like even as a kid, there's just nothing to hold. There's nothing to like engage you. Yeah. So on this rewatch, Dean, I didn't think it was as bad as I remembered. I mean, don't get me wrong. Interesting. It's still a bad movie. Like it's easily the worst movie in the franchise. You've already gone out and said it's the worst movie that we've covered. Um, yeah. But it, I guess I had real, real bad memories of it as a kid. And I was surprised that, yeah, it, I, I don't know. It wasn't that bad but kind of good right you're having a dean moment kind of good like i don't know if i want to say kind of good but there were elements of it that i was into like as a whole it was a real rotten movie but there were things that i latched on to and i was interested in that kept me you know watching the movie not wanting to turn it off okay cool cool yeah i mentioned this before dean and uh you know i hadn't didn't really remember what this movie was all about. I, in my head, I had memories that it was terrible. Uh, and I, you know, now I can confirm that. So my comments on an earlier Superman episode are now complete and true that this series really does parallel the Jaws franchise because you have the first two movies being quite good movies. The third is this completely like out of left field totally weird but totally lovable entry and then the Mm -hmm. fourth movies being so bad that it literally shuts down the franchise (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's it (laughs) everyone's out after those uh i'm gonna say joss 4 is better than this movie i mean i i have already said it by saying that (laughs) by saying that it's the worst movie we covered because we covered joss 4 but uh yeah it's it was way better than this movie yeah like, like jaws 4 would be one of the ones where you're like Okay, so that was a stinker. Is this one worse? I mean, I'd I'd watch Jaws four any day over this, uh, just because I Same. I love sharks, you know, yeah. more than nuclear men. So yeah, nuclear. Yeah. I'd watch Jaws <laughs> four, but I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Let's just say I'll agree with you. Let's just say this is the worst one we've covered. Okay, I I'm interested to hear though um, the things that you could latch onto and the things that you did like because. Uh, um, I like that. I like that there was something there for you. So I, I do want to, uh, I do, I, I'm excited to get into those things for sure. Well, well, here it is, Dean. It was really weird because the stuff that I liked was the stuff with the regular people, like the interactions of Clark and Lois, um, all the stuff going on at the Daily Planet, all of the buildup to Nuclear Man. But then this Nuclear Man comes and that should be the coolest stuff in the movie. Like, it's, a, it's another super. That should be what the movie's building up for. And then when he lands, it should get really good. And this was the total opposite. All of that stuff ended up, like, ruining the movie for me. It was so terrible. Yeah. It's so bad. Tim, there's a point, there's a point in the movie where they, like, meet for the first time. And I'm like, oh, I'm like sarcastically saying, oh, here we go. Nuclear Man and Superman, what I've been waiting for all movie. Like, I should want that. I should actually want that. And really, I just don't care at all. Well, Dean, this movie was released in 1987 with a budget of $17 million. It doubles its money uh, for a total of $37 million, But it was considered right. a huge box office failure. They were looking right. for way more money. Mm-hmm. It was directed by Canadian Sidney J. Fury. And guess what he directed, Dean? Three on a spree. Do you know what that is yet? 
No, I don't. I've asked you that a few times now. Uh, it is the 1961 comedy based on the Brewster's Million story. All oh, right, I'll never remember that, Tim. That'll never <laughs> well, stick I mean, with me. How many times could it come up? I'm surprised it's come up this many. <laughs> exactly. Why did it come up the other time? The writer of it or something? Uh, it might have been, yeah. The writer, probably. Writer, yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah okay. Maybe music, I don't know. Uh, this guy yeah. also directed Iron Eagle, The Boys and Company C, and Ladybugs. So, okay. Mm, I guess. Okay. I guess that's okay. Fine. Great. Good job. I mean, <laughs> Don't, well, I don't know. I wouldn't be claiming that I directed those, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, Tim, I'd claim any movie I directed that was on a big screen, I would claim that thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're maybe not the best director out there. Well, not me, Dean. Not me. <laughs> you, you would disown your shitty movie. <laughs> Music was adapted and conducted by Alexander Courage based on existing and new music composed by John Williams. Now, this Alexander Courage, he wrote the theme music for the original Star Trek series. Oh, cool. That's a nice thing to have on your resume. That's a nice one, yeah. You know what I read? This was really strange, because I really like Gene Roddenberry. But I read that he wrote the words for the Star Trek theme, and he knew they wouldn't be used. He just wrote them so he could claim credit as a co-writer <laughs> and receive half of the royalties. That's a shady move. In my head, yeah, in my head, Gene Roddenberry is just a grumpy old man. Oh, yeah? In my head, like, every time I hear a story of him, it feels like he's just doing some grumpy old man shit. <laughs> I wonder what those lyrics would have been. Can you picture that theme song with lyrics? <laughs> I want to hear it, Tim. I want to hear <laughs> you know, it. So do I. Yeah. Now, for the cast, there are a lot of familiar faces coming back for this movie. Obviously, yep. Christopher Reeve reprising his role as Superman. Uh, it did look like he stopped hitting the weights, though. I don't know if you noticed. This is a far cry from the beefed-up Superman of Superman 1. Uh, he looked So you know what, Tim? I was, I was thinking... Yeah, I was thinking he seemed taller, and that's because he was thinner. <laughs> I was like, wow, he's so tall in this movie, and you just hit it right there. It's because he's thinner. He dropped like, I don't know, 25 or 30 pounds of muscle yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, he looks great still. I guess. I mean, he's... <laughs> he's sure. I, I don't know. He's I, not beefed I, up, but I'd he... I prefer he... my Superman to have a little bit of muscle on him. I don't know. No, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I like the beefed up Superman too, but he just like, I just mean like in general, he looks really good still. Like, I don't know how old he is by the time it's this movie, but he looks great. Yeah. Uh, Gene Hackman is back after not being in Superman 3, albeit in a reduced role, but he's still great. Margot Kidder is back after sitting out most of Superman 3 because of her beef with the producer. Yeah. And there are some new faces as well. Mariel Hemingway, very charming actress and granddaughter of famous writer Ernest Hemingway. Okay. And in one of his first acting roles from Two and a Half Men fame, John Cryer plays Lenny Luther, Lex's greasy nephew, and in his first and last movie appearance, we have Chippendale's dancer, Mark Pillow, playing the powerful villain, Nuclear Man. Okay. Wow. Okay, yeah. Wow. Chippendale's dancer. Okay, Nuclear Man. Wow. The, Nuclear wow. Man? Wow. Because the, the one thing I would have to say about Nuclear Man is like, 
those arms are impressive. Oh, he's huge. They're impressive arms. Yeah, he's huge. He, that's how Superman should have looked. Yeah, actually true. I didn't think for <laughs> a second true. Superman had a chance in this movie. <laughs> no nuclear way. man is no way, way too jacked up. He didn't even need the nuclear energy. He just needed those arms and he could have taken them. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Wow, he was huge. He was huge. He Impressive. Was huge. Yeah. That's what it, when when I saw him I'm like this is what like uh remember when we covered Dark Avengers I was like this is what Samson should look like. Like the blonde hair no, and just Sentry. like the ripped Sentry. Sorry, Sentry. Sentry. Why did I say Samson? Samson was from uh the Superman. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Sentry. This is what Sentry should look like. It was like a perfect blonde hair ripped guy. Um that's that that's well, what I was thinking when I saw That's what Sentry player. looked like, Dean. I know, he looked exactly like this guy. So what are you saying then? I just mean like this is what this guy should have played Sentry. In the comic I book. think I was just so I was so <laughs> out of the movie, Tim, that I just wanted this to be Sentry <laughs> instead of Nuclear Man. I was like, man, I wish this was Sentry right oh, now. Oh, that would have been so much better. Oh, so dude, much better that if this been was awesome. Sentry. Nuclear Man yeah. sucks, dude. I don't know if you noticed. Nuclear Man sucks. I don't know sucks. if you noticed or not. He's horrible. He sucks. <laughs> he sucks. So, Dean, the rights to the Superman franchise were sold after Superman 3 to the Canon Group, who went on to develop Superman 4 alongside close to 30 other projects at the same time. Now, because Mm. of that, this movie received the same consideration as all of the other Canon projects. And that unfortunately meant that they were pinching pennies at every turn. And right before this movie went into production, Canon reduced the budget from $36 million to $17 million. So here's some of the reasons why this movie is possibly the worst one we've covered. Yeah. Like these, the special effects team involved on the first three films were all fired and replaced with cheaper options. Stuntman John Lees, who was also the power loader operator in Aliens. It's a cool, oh, cool. claim cl- cl- yeah. of fame. He broke both his legs filming the moon scene when he fell through the set and it ended his career. Mark Pillow, nuclear man. He fell through the set? Yeah. Mark Pillow also broke his foot on the same moon set. So I can just imagine it's from all these like shortcuts they're doing. Yeah. 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 And Canon would ultimately run out of money and release this film before it was even finished. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I can buy that. Yeah. And the failure at the box office caused Canon to cancel their production of Spider-Man. Okay. So yeah, this, this really in production. It hell. really feels like a movie that, like, there are scenes missing. Like, it just really feels like it was, it was like maybe the yeah the budget was cut in half, and they're like, I guess we just put out what we have <laughs> because we don't have any more money to fix it or film anything else. So we just hammer it all together yeah and what's really weird we'll get to it a little bit down the line but they cut out like 45 minutes of footage that they had filmed for this movie why um i don't know like if it would if maybe it was that bad but if it would have helped like understand what was going on that would have been i think it would have made the movie well here's the thing did you want another 45 minutes of this movie? Hell no. Tim, this is the longest hour and a half I've ever spent. Like, I I paused it multiple times to see how much was left, was always shocked by how much was left, and I, 
there was like a point where I'm like, it's almost done. And I paused and there's 25 minutes left. I had only made it an hour and five minutes into a movie. And I was, I was thinking it was already over. Yeah. Did you watch it twice? So no, I, I did. Yeah. You, I have to, I have to watch it twice. I put it on. I put it on again. Tim. Nice. Well, good job. Yeah. I may have been, I may have been handling my phone the second hey, time. Hey, that doesn't count then. Hey. That doesn't count. Hey. I wasn't looking at it. I was just touching it. I was just touching my phone. It was just tempting myself. Oh, well, that's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The movie starts out with a really long credit sequence. Yay. Hey, you know what? 80s long credit sequence. This is what I did say after this, though. I was like, I miss long credit sequences because they get you ready for a movie. Like, I miss like them in theaters like you go to the theater you sit down and you just get this long sequence just like preparing you it's like okay you're ready for the movie get ready for the movie and if you're a couple minutes late it's okay because they're still getting getting everybody ready for the movie so i did like it i did kind of like the credit sequence even though like it looks bad and the picture of the earth is changing throughout the whole thing i don't know what's going on in this opening credit sequence but i did kind of miss just like a theme song playing and like warming you up warming you up for the movie yeah i could see that sure yeah, uh, it probably looked great in '87, but my goodness, was it ever dated? The yeah, it title card actually looked incredible. It, it was just so comic bookish. It really stuck out against the other terrible animated graphics that were flying by. Yeah. Now we see a cosmonaut working on the exterior of a satellite in orbit. He's singing "My Way" by Frank Sinatra in Russian. Loved it. You could tell right away yeah. it, was, it, it was my way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, then a rogue piece of space debris floats in and hits the man who goes flying off the satellite. But Superman is there to rescue him. Superman. That was, that was a direct hit, Tim. That, was, <laughs> that hit was. Yeah, I noticed. I have something was... to say about that, but just let me finish this. Here. Okay. okay. Superman puts him safely back inside. Then in Russian, tells the man he'll be safer in there, then flies away. Yeah. So Superman knows Russian. Cool. Superman knows Russian. But a couple of things. Okay, to get to your point about the satellite, Dean, a rogue satellite in orbit would be traveling at roughly 15,000 miles per hour, yes. which would have obliterated this dude if it I hit know. him. It would have uh, obliterated him. And it kind of... First of all, you wouldn't even see it coming. No. It just would have like... It would have been like a flash of light. Yeah. Okay, second, did you want to say more about the... I'm just going to say you just wanted to make sure that we covered that. It kind of did obliterate him because like I was not expecting to act it to actually hit him because it was like you never see that because obviously it would destroy him. It would rip him in half or whatever. Like so you never see a satellite hit somebody in orbit and it just directly hits him and launches him into the air. Uh, It shocked me, Tim. It shocked me. Yeah. And you know what? Like what are the odds of in orbit? (laughs) In the giant orbit of space, what are the odds that a satellite would hit a small human being? That has to be infinitesimal. I thought he died. I thought he, like, well, I guess this is like sort of a running theme with this movie where I think people die and then they don't. But like that, that should have killed him. I thought he was dead. I thought they just killed this guy right off the bat by hitting him with a with a satellite in orbit. Man. Yeah. Shocking. Well, the second thing I want to say Sound can't travel through the vacuum of space, so we shouldn't hear Superman's voice. <laughs> now, <laughs> since he's Superman, I'm going to give him a pass because yeah. maybe he can. 
Maybe he can, Dean. Maybe he can. Maybe he yeah. can. Just yeah. a couple of early things I wanted to point out. That's good. That's good that you pointed those out. We see Clark back on his family farm. Dude, I loved the look of this farm. I just loved yeah. being here. I thought this was a huge missed opportunity that they didn't use the farm again in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Dean, would you have sat up in your seat for a fight with Superman and Nuclear Man at his farm with his farm getting destroyed? Hell yeah, man. I would have. I would have. Actually, funny enough, the farm is like the part I remember. Like that's the part where I like had flashes of from watching it as a kid. I was like, oh, I remember this farm and this barn he goes into. And then like when he looks at like in the ground, I remember all this stuff. I remember how it how it looks and this feel that I hadn't quite got in the other Superman movies. Um, so yeah, I mean, that would have been great. That would have been great. Yeah, what you're remembering is like the first five minutes of the movie. And then yeah. after that, you don't remember anything because you turned it off. Probably. probably yeah i mean i think i remember like, some nuclear man over. stuff i'm out gonna go outside and play <laughs> loved that barn scene though that was great it was a great barn scene but i am out on this movie <laughs> gonna go climb yeah. a tree <laughs> it's too bad because all they do at this farm is they say it's for sale uh, a real estate agent shows up tells clark there's a buyer the buyer wants to buy it sight unseen and clark's like oh no no i i don't want the I don't want to sell to a big corporation who's going to tear my farm down. I only I only want to sell to a farmer. So, no, I'm not going to sell it to this person. Yeah. So, it's just like trying to build up, you know, Superman as this like super idealistic character, you know. Yeah, I mean, the the entire movie is going to have all these beats and moments of just like where they're trying to teach you something, you know, they're trying to teach yeah. all the kids out there something. And so this one was, you know, you got to hold on to your home. Don't sell it to make a mall or, you know, don't sell it to make, to make uh, office buildings. You know, you gotta, you gotta keep what's yours. That's the first, that's the first sign, Tim. And it's just going to keep rolling from there. Yeah. It rolls for sure. It rolls. Uh, there was a cool thing though, where Clark hits a baseball into outer space here, which was cool. I like that, that part was good. Yeah. I great, right great, great sound of the ball coming off the bat. Oh, crack. nice crack. He's got a great crack of the back. You knew, you knew it was a homer when you hear that <laughs> you crack. You knew it was gone. You, you knew it was going to go. Because, Tim, we were worried. We were worried before that because this, this old guy pitched him a curve and he couldn't hit it. So we're like, what happened? What happened to Soups? How come he can't hit a homer? That's another thing they really dug into too hard was Clark's clumsiness. Like how pathetic he is in this movie. It, they dig hard. They dig hard. They leaned I into it. I didn't like it. I kind of liked it. I think that's one of the things I did like is like the hard clumsiness. Uh, my wife did not like it. She thought that he was overplaying it. Um, it was, yeah, overplayed. This guy that pitches him the curve and then like he swings and misses then is like, oh, you never could hit the curve, which is such a it's such a movie trope. And it's so mean to like throw somebody a curveball. They swing and miss. And then you you just you just insult their entire baseball career right after that. Oh, you never could hit the curve. What is this trope? I hate it. I didn't know it was a trope, but sounds like it happened to you, Dean. Well, Tim, I'm going to I'm going to let you in on something. I could never hit the curve. That's what I'm picking up on. As a pure fastball kid, I could never hit the curve. Yeah. That's a tough pitch to hit. It's a tough pitch to hit. It is. It is. I got out I of could... baseball before the curveball became a thing. Okay. I got out just in time. Yeah, curve's tough. It was tough. For, it was tough for me to hit. I could foul it off, but you know, it was, it was a tough to get a good hit out of it. All right. Well, I'm glad we have an outlet here for you, Dean, to vent about not being able to hit the curve. 
Yeah, stop everyone out there and movies out there. Stop insulting people for not being able to hit a curveball. Okay, it's hard. Not easy. Let's see you hit a curve. Let's see yeah. that old uh, that real estate agent hit a curve. Exactly. Exactly. We catch up with Lex Luthor in prison doing hard labor in a quarry. Lex's nephew breaks him out by trapping the prison guards in a car. This was kind of fun. This okay. car, like, it's like a remote control car that... Yeah. It's really fancy, so the the guards want to get into it and just, like, sit in it and check it out. And then he presses a button on a remote and, like, all the windows come up and the roof comes up and locks them in. And then it, like, shoots them off into the quarry. And the it car mur- explodes. It murders them. And I'm like, nice. He just murdered them. <laughs> For nice. sure. And then they just like crawl out. You just see them crawl like up a hill yeah. and they're all like black with smoke. And then I was like, oh, no, it's going to be like that. Yeah. Like, it is for kids. Yeah. Yeah. But he's. I, I thought it was. I thought the whole car thing was fun. It was. I thought it was a cool little thing to add that they had this like super fancy car and. It could do these cool tricks because it's Lex Luthor's car. For sure. What I liked about it was the like surround sound, you know, like the the speakers sure. that he had coming out of the side and stuff. They, I was yeah, like, I've a never, cool car. I've never seen that before. Like I've never seen that on a car before. Like I don't know if that was actually a thing to make surround sound or if they just kind of had that idea for this car to make like those speakers come out the side. Anyways, it looked cool. I liked it. I liked those yeah. uh, like horns coming out or whatever. Hmm. So Lex tells us he has a new master plan. He's going to create life. Then we catch up with Lois Lane, who gets on a subway that randomly starts speeding out of control as soon as she steps on it. Um, This was about as forced as you could get. I don't know. I don't know. She just gets on and it starts speeding out of control so Superman will come. Exactly. And if you got on a subway... And it started going fast. Would you start screaming, Tim? Would you think that something's going wrong? I would just be like, oh, it's going fast today. We're going faster today. I don't why would you think just I'd scream? Why would you just lose? Everyone on here is losing their mind because it's going fast. It's like, how would they know it's going faster than it's supposed to? Like, there should at least be some buildup to it. Yeah. You know, the screaming. Like, maybe like someone looks over at their neighbor and says, like, I think we're going too fast. Oh, yeah, Someone, yeah. I think we're yeah. going too fast for sure. Like, something's wrong. Uh, I wonder if we should do something about it. Um, hey, does anybody else think this is going too fast? And then everybody starts talking, and then there's, like, a loud buzz in the air, and then it gets to someone who's who's really uncomfortable, and that person starts screaming, and then everyone starts screaming or something like that. But not just, yeah. like, get on. It starts going fast, and everybody's terrified and screaming. <laughs> yes. Like, if someone just needs to see that the driver passed out or whatever. Like, someone just needs to be able to see that. <laughs> but like you said, they get on a subway, it starts moving, and they all start screaming. <laughs> it's like no one's yeah. ever been on a subway before. Well, don't worry, Dean. I can tell you're very worried. Don't worry. Superman shows up. He steps on the tracks, gets electrocuted, and that somehow stops the train. Uh-huh. And before he leaves, he gives a public service announcement saying... I'd like all the people back there to know that our subway system is still the safest and most reliable means of transportation. Thank you. Great. <laughs> Thanks, Superman. Fuck off, Superman. Fuck off. Yeah. Get out of here, man. It's not safe. It's very dangerous. You had to save all these people. They would have died. 
I do appreciate like early on in this movie that they are giving us like these super power scenes. Like he's already done a few, you know, yeah. supermanish things. Uh, just reminding us of his powers. I liked it. It was good. Oh yeah, yeah. I like I like the idea that he's got to do all these things to save people at the beginning and 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 uh, you know flex a bit, show us show us his power. That stuff's good stuff. Um, yeah, but the this whole this this is just one of those things where like from start to finish of the whole subway scene, I'm just confused. I'm just like confused about how anything's happening, why anything's happening. Uh, yeah, so it's it, it just like it, it starts. It kind of starts here. You know, like the fire yeah. department's just right there as soon as it stops. The entire oh, fire know, department's right? right there. It's like, how did they know to be there? What's going on? Where did they come from? Yeah, exactly. So the Daily Planet has been purchased by a greedy news mogul. And this is a part of the movie I really liked. Thought it was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. This, um, this person who buys it puts his daughter Macy in charge. And Macy is being played by Mariel Hemingway. And the paper now starts running like really crude headlines mm. for shock value to send to sell more newspapers. Yeah, that was kind of fun. And they keep flashing the headlines, the new headlines to us throughout the movie. And they're always like <laughs> they're very, you know, aggressive in nature. Oh, yeah. A lot of them made me laugh out loud. There's a few of them oh, yeah, that I totally. absolutely loved. Yeah, was, maybe the, the headlines might have been the best part of the movie. I liked it. I did. Now, the film starts to really dig into the Cold War now as we see a presidential address on TV where the president says the U.S. is now number two to the USSR in the nuclear arms race. And we cut to a classroom of kids where little Jeremy says Superman should rid the world of nuclear weapons. Now, Superman doesn't know if he should get involved in that way. So he takes a bit of time before replying to little Jeremy. And the Daily Planet runs one of these great headlines that says, Superman says drop dead to kid. That's the best one. <laughs> he didn't say that. He didn't say anything. He didn't say that at all. He didn't He's say contemplating drop dead. what to do. That's the best I headline. It, I laughed so hard <laughs> at like, that. I'd buy that newspaper. Yeah, for sure. Meanwhile... Lex Luthor goes to a museum where they have a strand of Superman's hair on display. And this was fun. The hair is holding up 1,000 pounds. Right. <laughs> That's neat. So Lex steals that hair. And That's he says, by, yeah, by using nuclear power to mutate Superman's genes, he can create a super being loyal to him. This is a good plan. It's a good plan. You may have even over-explained it there, Tim. I think we got less information in the movie. That was that was even more clear than what Lex gave us. But uh, uh, it's a good plan. He's going to make a super being that like just listens to him. I mean, yeah, he hasn't tried that yet. So I like it. Yeah, good for him. Now back to Superman, who is really conflicted with what he should do. And I think it was a good call in the movie to spend a bit of time digging into this. Like rather than little Jeremy saying Superman should get rid of the we- the weapons and then Superman just doing it, he's really conflicted about whether or not he should overstep his bounds with Earth because he's a visitor to Earth. He's not one of them. And he doesn't 
not only does he not want to get involved, he's not really allowed to get involved. You know, we see him go to the Fortress of Solitude, which looked amazing. Oh, and yeah, he's, look he's great. speaking to some of the elders and they're saying like, you shouldn't get involved. You're not supposed to. Why don't you just fly to another planet that doesn't have war? <laughs> they're just like, get out of there, go somewhere else. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, but he likes it. He likes Earth. Yeah. But he's he's really trying to figure out like what the right decision for him is. Should he rid the planet of nuclear weapons or is that something he shouldn't get involved in because he doesn't want to change the course of history? So I like that they took the time for him to dig into his thoughts and he talked to a few different people about it. And, you know, he talked to these people at the Fortress of Solitude. Then for the second time in the series, Dean, he shows Lois Lane that he's Superman by taking her hand as Clark and walking off her balcony and then flying um, because he just wanted to get some advice from her about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says she's the only one he can talk to. Um, then he gave her that kiss of forgetfulness at the end. So she like yeah. forgets everything. Yeah. Just yo-yos that woman. He's really using her, you know. He's So that's the thing about this movie. I, I don't he's, like it. No, he's very selfish. He's, he does a lot of things for Superman in this movie um, in in claiming that he's doing it for others. Um, yeah. yeah, so he. I didn't like that he... I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't like that he just, like, made her remember just so he could talk to her and then made her forget. I just wish he just let her know, you know, just, like, if you need her in that moment, that's good, that's fine, but then, like, just let her stay knowing. I think that would have been okay. Um, On the point of, like, him being conflicted about the nuclear war, um, I like that idea a lot. I like the idea of being conflicted a lot. It was weird to me that it came in the fourth movie, you know, like, so we're in you know, a fourth movie in, he's trying to decide if he should like impact the course of history for earth. It's like, he's already done. He's already spun the world backwards. Like he's already turned back time to change something. So like it, this to me, all I was thinking this moment was this is cool, but like in a first movie, this would have hit way harder. Uh, like he first is on the planet and then he's trying to decide like, if I need to intervene or not, it just, for me in a fourth movie, it was just weird. I was like, you've done so much shit already. Just, just take all the nukes out of here. Well, yeah, there was some weird stuff going on. Like, I wonder if this 45 minutes of footage that was taken out, you know, had some impact on the rest of the movie, because even back at the barn, uh, at at the farm, uh, he, he goes and he grabs his green crystal and he's talking to the elders. And the message from the elder was like, Oh, you know, Kal-El, you've by now you've landed on earth and you're realizing that you have extraordinary powers. And I'm like, you're four movies late. Like that happened four movies ago. He's not just learning his powers. Dude, he's already like battled Lex Luthor. He's fought three other supers, you know, fought a robot lady. Like, where were you? What is, why is, I don't get it. No. Doesn't make sense. No, I wonder if it was like, a recording he was listening to like that's all i could think of is that he always goes to the barn and listens to that recording that's like the supposed to be the first recording that ever played when he landed or something but i don't know that was the first time that we've we've seen him okay we, yeah we've seen him talk to these like elders a lot usually it was his father yeah usually he's talking to marlon brando uh they couldn't get the rights to him so now we're just talking to like a lady and two other dudes but this is the first time that 
the person he's talking to isn't super knowledgeable and like returning yeah. a complete conversation with him. Like he'll go and ask a question and it'll be answered and they'll give him advice. It never seemed like a recording before. Now all of a sudden it's a recording. Like, I don't yeah. know. It, does, it just doesn't make sense because it makes as much sense that yeah. it's a recording as it does that this person actually thinks he just landed there. So exactly. It's, just, it's yeah. confusing. It's all confusing. Yeah. Welcome to the movie. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the movie. Uh, that th lots of confusing things. Yeah. Um, Dean, satellites travel at fifteen thousand miles an hour in orbit. <laughs> Wait, what, Tim? That's so fast. Do you know how fast that is? That's so fast. What, what I wanted to say about when he um, he shows Lois here again that he's Superman, so he can have a conversation with her and get her input. The conversation fucking blew. Yeah. Like it. It didn't do any. Basically, all she says is like, oh, you're Superman. You always make the right decisions. Yeah. You'll know what to do. And that was it. Yeah. There was no like really interesting insight that she gave. It could have been a great moment where she's actually like, I really think you should do it. Like, I think that would be the right call. But it, it was just like, it was useless. And yeah. he's like, oh, okay, thank you. That was wonderful. Kisses her and she's back to forgetting about him. So kind of useless. Yeah, what do you what do you think of Lois on a whole in the movie? Lois, um, like I like Lois. This is probably the least I've liked her in yeah. the movies. Yeah, same. Uh, like I, I do like her though, but okay, they yeah. didn't do enough with her. It's, I don't no. think it was her fault. I think it was the the movie's fault. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Like I, I, I think she's just placed in different locations just to be there, like for the plot, but for whatever thin plot they're trying to <laughs> create for that scene because there's not really a thread through the whole movie. But yeah, I, I I don't get anything from her. I get nothing, absolutely nothing. And I I I don't really even understand her in a lot of these scenes, like what her angle is or what her what she's going for. So yeah, I I did not really enjoy her very much in this movie. But definitely like like you said, like I like Lois, but definitely the least I've enjoyed her in all the movies. Yeah. This would have made a really, really tight ten minute movie. Yeah, movie. super tight. If they could, re <laughs> if they could recut it. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's so much they could take out and make a tight ten movie. That's true. Yeah, we should cut that. We should cut that, Tim. Actually, I I read that people have cut it. Oh. People, not oh, yes. not ten minutes, but I I read that people have recut the movie to make it like better. Yeah. Um, that would be worth checking out. Yeah, I know a whole ten minute section that's going to be out in my first cut. My cut's going to be all farm. And then yeah. a couple other things. <laughs> yeah, cool. So Superman does finally respond to Jeremy. Little Jeremy. He goes before the delegates of the world and tells them he's lived with them as a visitor for years. But today he's no longer a visitor. The Earth is his home too. And he can't stand to have it possibly destroyed by nuclear weapons. So he's going to rid the world of them all. And he does. Yes. He has a giant net yes. in orbit. And every time a nuke is launched, here's another weird thing. Why are nukes being launched all the time? Because every time one gets launched, you see him fly in and grab it and throw it in his net. And he's got hundreds of yeah. them in his net. What's My... going on? Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm done asking why or what's going on because this movie is clearly just like yeah this is happening don't ask why 
because we don't know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. exactly. Leave us alone. Leave us alone. Watch the movie. Stop asking questions. Yeah. The movie's like, you know as much as we do. We we don't know any more than you right now, okay? We're at the same spot right now. you don't like it? Guess what? We don't like it either, so (laughs) shut up. Leave us alone. We made a bad movie. Yes, yes. Uh, I will ta- I will tell you my take on this, Tim, and that is that everybody in the world agreed to launch their nukes for him to grab and put into space. Everyone oh, just that's agreed. a good call. But everyone just agreed to but get rid of them. But that's not true, though. It's not no, true, though. It's not true. Because the, cause... Very f- the very first one that goes off is from a Russian submarine. Yeah. <laughs> and when he grabs it, they're all like, oh, what's going on? You know? Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. Right, right. So it's not, it clearly isn't. It wasn't a agree- well. I, at least the Russians didn't agree to it, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe everyone else agreed, and he just had to like nab all the Russian ones. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Um, yeah, carry on because I got I got something to say about this next part too. Okay, I will carry on, and who knows if I even talk about the next part that you're thinking okay. of? Uh-oh. Parts get skipped over in this one. Yeah, I mean, you got to tell you got to tell everyone what he does with the nukes. Oh yeah, okay. So he, uh, when his net is full, yeah, he just hurls them into the sun. Yeah, of course. That's how you dispose of them. This I liked because at first I thought he was just launching them into space, and I'm like, that's going to oh. destroy the first planet it hits. <laughs> <laughs> like that's going to completely obliterate another planet. So then I did like when I saw it heading towards the sun, and I was like, oh okay, I'm okay with that. He I'm had good a plan, with that. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been great if on the way to the sun it hit a Russian <laughs> cosmonaut uh, fixing a satellite. Sure. That would have been a nice touch. You would have been fine, Tim. You would have been fine. I tried to avoid it, but I said uh, Russian cosmonaut, which is um, redundant because a cosmonaut <laughs> is a Russian astronaut. So to okay, say Russian wow. cosmonaut is like saying a Russian Russian astronaut. Okay, wow, Tim, you, that's very smart of you. I mean, it wasn't smart of you to <sighs> do, but it's smart of you to know. I'm so disappointed in myself. It's it, you did a great job, Tim. I got you carried got away. I was having got, so much fun with you that got little so bit. So excited! <laughs> My bad. My bad. You're just rushing to the joke that you said. <laughs> you said it twice. You said you doubled it up. I won't make the same mistake again this episode. I promise you. I'm dialed into this. Uh, so Luther Dean has grown a protoplasm. From Superman's hair, and he gets it placed on a nuke. And when it gets shot into the air, Superman obviously very quickly grabs it and hurls it into the sun, thus creating the nuclear man. And Dean, I have to ask you, sure, yeah. (laughs) Don't ask why. (laughs) Hey, Dean, we're done asking why. We're not going to do that anymore. Right. Okay, we're done. I want to ask you what you think of nuclear man. Um, okay, so Nuclear Man, uh, looks cool, like, I like this guy's look, because he looks very strong, he's got long, blonde hair, looks very cool, um, I don't like him really at all past the look, I don't really like the long fingernail thing, I, that is also something I remember as a kid. I remember the villain with the long fingernails that can scratch you. And so long fingernails scared me as a kid yep. because of this sure. movie. Um, yeah, so I don't really like the long fingernails. I don't understand what he can do. I don't understand the extent of his powers or what he does with his powers and how he affects things. Um, I don't understand how he was born. 
I don't like him. I just, I like the look. I like how he looks. And that's about as far as it goes for me. I thought he looked great. Yeah. His costume looks awesome. Costume's great. Um, Nice little touch when Gene Hackman is like playing with the protoplasm before he puts it onto the rocket. He yeah. puts a little piece of like yellow material in with it, yeah. which then goes on to create his costume. Yeah. I thought that was a nice touch. You like that one, eh? Yeah. That's I good. liked it. I like Luther. Whatever he does, I like. Right. So how could how do you not understand how he got born, Dean? Because they clearly <laughs> showed it to us. Okay. As soon as the rocket went into the sun, a little like orange orb shot out. Yeah. And it was a fetus. And in about three seconds, it went through the whole life cycle of a fetus all the way to a grown man. Right. With lightning coming off of him. Right. What's not to understand? It was so obvious what happened. Right. It was very obvious. They sent a suitcase with a with a glob of jelly in it into the sun, and it made a man. It's protoplasm. Yeah, right. Protoplasm. Sorry. I thought the birth sequence actually looked pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it looks good. I agree with you, though. Your take on Nuclear Man, where he looks great, and then everything after that is awful. Yeah. I, I'm so there, except for one thing. But before I say what that one thing is, he was so weird. Like he would roar like a lion yeah. sometimes. Sometimes he was roaring like a dinosaur. Right. Sometimes there was like noise coming out of his body, like the low rumble of a bass speaker. Yeah. Uh, sometimes he'd like open his mouth and it would be the sound of a radio dial, like quickly changing stations. They went for so many sound effects with this guy. Yeah. I, it was just way too much. They, yeah. they should have just dialed into one thing, but every scene he's in, he's making like a new sound out of his body, Yeah, which didn't make any sense. No, that's but very true. What I did like beyond just his look was that this actor, Mark Pillow, absolutely went for it with this character for a guy who acts in only one movie. And this yeah. is it. He thought he was nuclear man. Like, I think he thought he was nuclear man. <laughs> right. He dug in so hard yeah. with the physical acting. I, I never would have guessed that this was, this guy had done one movie. Like I would have guessed this guy's done 50 movies. Like he's done a bunch of stuff. So I'll give you his look. And I also want to say that, he went for it. Yeah, that's a tremendous point to bring up, Tim, because so many moments watching this movie, I'm staring at him and I'm thinking, I must know him from something. He must be in all of the 80s action movies. Where can I can't place him. What movie is he in? You know, what action movie is he in? When does he play the henchman? He's got to be in stuff because he just the presence, you know, he's got the presence. He is selling it so hard. I agree with that totally, 100%. Yeah. I I do think that his character is all over the place, but he is, you know, doing everything he can to crush all those moments. Like, you know, sometimes the character is obedient. Sometimes he does whatever he wants. You know, sometimes he doesn't care about anything but Superman. Sometimes he's horny. Yeah. You know, it's just like he's all over the place. Um, but this guy crushes every moment of it. I agree. The character makes no sense at all. Yeah. Like the character starts off very aggressive. Yeah. Right. So it, it, it's birthed from the sun immediately flies down to Lex Luthor and Lex, Lex Luthor is like, I'm your father. And nuclear man's like, no, you're not. 
Yeah. Uh, he's very aggressive. He's not interested in being controlled by Lex, but we see that Lex does have a trick up his sleeve, and that is if Nuclear Man is not in direct sunlight, he powers down. I thought that was cool. This is fine. This is good. I I, I don't mind this at all. I, I like this. I like I like having this sort of little you know this little thing that uh, you know he's in the shade and he powers down. Um, Lex like points it out to us like, ah, the one weakness of our villain in the movie, which is kind of funny. It's such a comic book thing. You know, it's such like a 70s, 80s comic book thing to be like, ah, his one weakness. I can like hear Stan Lee say it. (laughs) But uh, uh, yeah, I liked this. I liked that when he went into the shade or he wasn't in in contact with the sun because he was birthed from the sun. So if he doesn't have that energy, then he just completely shuts down. He has absolutely nothing. This part I liked, especially, especially when you start to like get sunlight on him just through like a mirror, you know, like Lex was using his ring to just like get the sunlight reflected on him. And then he powers back up. I like that. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I liked it too. Uh, so it's like this way that Lex has control. Yeah. But for some reason, you know, Nuclear Man's pretty obedient after this for whatever reason. Yeah. I just feel like the Nuclear Man we just saw, whenever he gets powered up again, would just kill Lex in a second. And for then sure. just make sure he's never in the shadows again. But all of a sudden, he's just obedient to Lex for whatever reason. No reason. No reason. Dean, we get a double date scene here with Mariel and Clark and Lois and Superman. What did you think of this scene? This is the first 10 minutes I cut out of my cut of the movie. yeah you didn't didn't have a good time with it i don't know what's why is it happening why is this happening there's no setup to why this happened there's no we we, i didn't even know they were on a double date with like clark and superman until it was like happening there was no talk about it there's no lead up to it i don't know why it's happening at all i didn't like it at all tim i honestly i just this is something that could have worked and could have been funny in the movie but we're just thrown right into the middle of it and i just yeah i didn't like it I'm pretty sure there was mention of it. Uh, what? I do, really? I, yeah, I, I do agree that I think there should have been more. They should have dug in deeper to this part because they really could have done something fun with it. Yes. But basically what's going on is this this Marielle, um, the daughter of the person who bought the Daily Planet, has kind of fallen head over heels for Clark which is interesting because she's like a super like high class lady, um, very attractive, very sophisticated. She's rich and she falls for Clark because of his like altruism. You know, mm-hmm. he just because he's like the 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 boy next door who does the right thing. She falls for that and she really wants to, you know, like start a relationship with him. So that's why this all kind of happens. And she, you know, Lois Lane at the same time, I don't know, she's courting Superman, I guess. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. But what's fun about this scene is that obviously Clark and Superman are the same person. Yes. So how do you have a double date yes. with two women and Clark and Superman being the same person? So there's some funny stuff going on where he's you know, doing... For sure. He's talking to one of the girls and then he has to quickly like pretend something's up so he can disappear and then change costumes and go and talk to the other one and then, you know, make his way back to the other one. So I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I would have liked it if they really spent more time on that and really, really refined that scene, because I think that's a really fun idea, but they didn't do enough with it. It only lasted for a few minutes. 
There were only like a couple of like interesting twists that happened. Yeah. It could have been done a lot better, but I, I guess what I'm saying is I really liked the idea of it. Yes. Yes. The idea is great. Um, because Clark should be sweating every moment. You know, he should be sweating like, oh man, how am I going to make this switch? And then he makes a switch to Superman and then rushing to get back to Clark. The problem is that they never created this situation where he like double booked himself. You know, there was never this moment where he messed up and told both women that he would have a date at the same time. I needed that moment because really after he was sweating everything, like when he was trying to switch between characters, switch between Superman and Clark, I was like, why are you doing this? You did this to yourself. There's no scene of you messing up and double booking. There's nothing of you, you know, like being like, oh no, I can't believe I have to be in the same place and be two people in the same place. There was none of that. So just every time he had to switch back, I was like, you did this to yourself. Why are you even here? Like, what's going on? You just set up these two dates at the same time. I don't, I don't feel bad for you. This was your call. The girls agreed to it. The girls talked about having a double date. It was talked about, it was talked about in the movie for sure. I, I mean, I just, it was it was briefly explained, but they talked about it. But there was no, there was no, none of no scene of like Clark sweating it beforehand. No, Clark right? wasn't involved. It was I know, um, yeah, Marielle and and Lois who yeah, were like oh, we should uh, you know we should get together, you know, me and Clark and you and Superman. Oh, because Su- Superman was going to give Lois an interview. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah he was going to give giving her an interview. Her an interview. Yeah. 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 So the whole double date ends with Lex calling Superman away where he introduces him to Nuclear Man. And Nuclear Man, we didn't mention it, but Nuclear Man has Lex's voice. Right, yeah. Which was weird. Which makes me think that this Mark Pillow, I don't know, doesn't know how to talk or something. Or talks like so weird that they're just like, let's just dub Gene Hackman's voice over this guy. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It sucked. Hearing Lex Luthor's voice coming out of this guy was so weird. It was it was stupid. It is stupid. It, it's in Lex's lines. So I wonder how far in advance they planned it. Like it's in his lines to be like, you have my voice. Because um, they like they dub a bunch of actors in this movie that are just like completely a different voice. Um, the whole classroom scene, like the teacher and the kid are both not their voices. Uh, so I, it wouldn't surprise me that they dubbed in Gene Hackman's voice. But then it's like in his lines. So, yeah, I wonder how far in advance they actually planned that one. Just like yeah. you don't get to talk, you don't get to talk, guy. You've never been in. A or movie. I mean, they could have like recorded afterwards too. Yeah, actually, and then and just like camera on Gene Hackman being like, "And you have my voice." Mm-hmm. Now we get the first of two fights between Nuclear Man and Superman, and while it kind of sounds cool on paper, um. The nature of these fights is very slow. They're very repetitive. They're very dull. They definitely leave me feeling bored. Uh, They often go from outer space down to Earth, back to outer space, back down to Earth, back to outer space, back down to Earth. I can keep going, but you get the point, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So rather than going through like beat for beat... (laughs) how this fight goes down because nobody wants that nope we'll just touch on some of like the more interesting parts yeah and the first one is that nuclear man blows a couple of giant holes in the great wall of china right and superman uses his blue wall rebuilding eye beam to fix it 
is very confusing, Tim. This part was very, con- very confusing. This is very stupid. He didn't put the blocks back. <laughs> we ripped on how in Superman 1, he fixed the fault line. The, uh, the fault line? Yeah. <laughs> Just by like he rewound the movie to fix it. Yeah. This was even worse. This is worse. He didn't put the blocks back. He made new blocks. <laughs> With his eye beam, he made his new I-beam. blocks. He didn't put them back. They didn't no, rewind right. back. They were new he, blocks. He shot a blue eye beam yeah. at the wall. Yeah. It the the eye beam was quick. It was just like Yeah. And then the wall, you're right. The wall rebuilt brick. It just grew brick. It just grew brick back. Then then he looked in the other direction. Uh actually what they did was they just flipped that uh, <laughs> they they flipped the the scene. They just yeah, flipped yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they didn't have to actually even shoot him turning his head that's just smart like, we'll that's just, smart we'll just we'll just flip that yeah uh so same thing in the other direction and another wall gets rebuilt but yeah this was this was a budgetary thing they didn't have the money superman was supposed to rebuild it at high speed he was supposed to like grab the bricks and just put them oh, all yeah. back together cool. but they couldn't afford it so they're like this will be fine right this jives with the rest of the movie they're thinking they're like this will be perfect right now, n- Nuclear Man flies into a volcano and causes it to erupt in a massive, massive eruption. So Superman uses his red eye beam to cut the top off a mountain, then use it as a cork to plug the volcano. I liked it. I did. I like this. this. I dig this part, man. Yeah. I thought this was cool. This part's great. I love Nuclear Man going into Volcano. Like, that's one of the best choices in the movie is Nuclear Man flying into Volcano and making it erupt. I love that part. I think volcanoes are insane that they exist and that the ground just shoots out lava and fire. It's ridiculous. So uh, I love that he goes in there. And then I love the cork. <laughs> the corking the volcano is hilarious. It. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. It's fun. Yeah. Now, Nuclear Man, he picks up the Statue of Liberty and throws it at the (laughs) ground towards the people. Yeah. So Superman has to grab it, and he's flying it back to put it back in place. And Nuclear Man sneaks up behind him, Dean, and scratches him on the neck with those nails that you're so scared of. They're scary nails. They are scary. They're very long. He grew them a bit. Yeah, he can grow them. He can shoot them out a bit. And there's electricity like buzzing around them. Right. And this scratch really hurt Superman. And he's out of the picture. He's basically out of the movie for a while here. And the world's wondering if he's dead. Yeah. But we get to see him basically. He's just got like the flu. It looks like he's got the flu. <laughs> so he's like, he's he's in his apartment, like curled up in a blanket. Like, he has the flu. Yeah. He's got the flu. He's got the sniffles. My wife looked away at the scratching part, like, like just because she wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> she was like not super into the movie, um, which she rarely does. But she looked away at the scratching part. And then so she looked back up when he was sick. And she's like, what's going on? Clark's just Clark's just sick. And I was like, yeah, um, nuclear man scratched him. And she's like, and that gave him the flu. And I was yep. like, yep. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Don't ask why. Don't ask why. The movie didn't ask why, so we shouldn't ask why. Superman uses the power from the last crystal that he has to heal himself. 
Uh, or that's what I'm assuming because they don't actually really tell us, but I'm assuming that's what happened. <laughs> I think that's, that's what all happened, that yeah. I can ma- <laughs> can imagine. Yeah, happened. I know. He was, but now he was ahead. very, very old and fragile when he went to go get that crystal. He had like thinning hair and it was all white and he looked like 80 years old when he went to grab that crystal. Yeah, he needed it. He ne- It was a bad flu to him. <laughs> I guess so. It was a really bad flu. Anyways, using that last crystal has now stranded him here on Earth. That was his last chance of leaving the planet. But there's no more power. Um, He can't talk to the Fortress of Solitude anymore. He basically has now been stuck on Earth because he chose to use that last amount of power. I didn't get that. I didn't put that together. Yeah, that's that is what's happening, though, because that's what yeah, that's what they say at the beginning. Nice. Now, Nuclear Man sees a picture of Lacey Warfield which is the Mariel Hemingway's character. Mm-hmm. And he likes what he sees. He gets horny. He gets horny and goes after her. <laughs> now, this was super weird in the movie. I What's was like, happening? why is he so horny for her? <laughs> yes, she's gorgeous, but he's nuclear man. Like, Who does, cares? He, does he have a nuclear erection that he needs to satisfy? <laughs> like, what's going on? I don't know. Here's what's happening, though, Dean, is this was a result of the original cut of the movie that actually had two nuclear men and Superman was supposed to easily destroy the first one who was basically supposed to be Bizarro. And then the second one would be made more powerful. And that was all cut out of the movie. It was filmed and cut out. That's like the 45 minutes that they cut out. They cut out everything to do with the first nuclear man. But this nuclear man here is apparently having memories from the first one who was also very infatuated with Lacey. So they they would have built that up previously, and then we would have seen that the second one also is into her. That kind of makes sense. Um, I was thinking when Lex was like teeing up that he was going to make another, you know, super being, I was like, oh, is it going to be Bizarro? That'd be cool. That'd be, that'd be pretty fun. I like Bizarro a lot. He's one of my favorite Superman characters. Um, so I was really excited and then very disappointed when <laughs> Nuclear Man came out. Uh, and that, yeah, that would kind of make sense that Bizarro would be into her in this world. You know, that, that does kind of make sense. So, uh, yeah, I wish that was there. Yeah, me too. Uh, there were even talks of, Christopher Reeve playing Bizarro. That would be great. Yeah. Awesome. Been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't happen. So Superman is waiting at the Daily Planet for Nuclear Man and is able to trap him in a dark elevator, then rip it out of the building, fly to the moon, and leave it there. Yep. And unfortunately, Dean. Superman is apparently unaware that the sun still shines on the moon. And when it does, the light goes into the elevator and powers up Nuclear Man. But Tim, doesn't the sun only shine on one half of the moon? Isn't there a half of the moon that never sees the sun? Oh, that's a great question, Dean. The dark side of the moon. The dark side of the moon never sees the sun. He should have oh, put so him over he, there. He fucked up even harder. He, he fucked up so bad. He, <laughs> there's a side of, on the light side. Of I the think there's a side of the moon that doesn't see the sun at all. He put him on the sun side. <laughs> this is lazy Superman. This is so lazy. Just go a little further on the moon. Throw him on the other side of the moon. And sun will never see him. 
it's a, this is a, this movie's embarrassing. This movie is some embarrassing. embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Nuclear Man comes out, Dean, he punches Superman right into the moon. Uh, uh, like, Tim, I love right this. into it. I love right, this. punches them a few times right into the moon. One of my favorite parts. Uh, that's not enough to stop Superman. He climbs out and he pushes the moon in front of the sun to create an eclipse. Now, <laughs> this. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to be science guy again here, but. Oh, yeah. Uh, what would the ripple effect be of Superman pushing the moon out of its orbit into this like in front of the sun to create an eclipse on the earth. I feel like there might be some gravitational big tide effects. Big. I feel like something might've happened. I don't know. This guy at the beginning of this movie is having a fucking crisis about taking all the bombs off of the planet. <laughs> and by the end of the movie, he's pushing the moon over. <laughs> That's a great point, Dean. <laughs> That's a great point. That uh, pushing the moon out of its orbit like that may be more destructive than all the nukes hitting the planet. Definitely. What are you know. doing, man? It's very possible. <laughs> uh, you know what? Great thought in the moment, though. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. How do I stop this nu- nuclear yeah. man guy? What's well, uh, total eclipse him? Yeah, that's thinking on your feet in the middle of a fight. That's pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Now that does power down nuclear man who at the moment is flying in <laughs> space with Lacey Warfield. I don't know where he's taking her. I don't know how like, she can breathe her. and talk. How is she fine flying through, through space? She's not a super superhero, but he's got her. And she's like, ah, oh no. Oh, she doesn't know that that's a space scene. I don't think when they filmed that, <laughs> they knew it was going to be in space because they are, she looks down. At one point, she's just like looking down and looks scared. It's like every look all over everywhere around looks exact same. <laughs> this movie refused to acknowledge that outer space is different from yeah. Earth. Yeah, definitely. And that atmosphere doesn't exist. They were yeah. just like, no, we're not gonna, we, we're not gonna. We don't care. Mention that. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> now Superman helps Lacey, then throws Nuclear Man into a nuclear reactor. And it fills up the nuclear reactor with energy and it turns on all the lights in Metropolis. Uh, it's nighttime. Everything gets lit up and he's dead. That's that's how you get rid of him. Yep. Now, Superman addresses the public again with a rousing and a heartwarming speech. He says, there will be peace again. We see Lex driving away when he gets picked up by Superman and taken back to the prison quarry, Superman flies out into orbit, and the end. Great. Interesting movie. Great, great movie. One of the top four super original Superman movies of all time. One of the top, yeah, it's in the top four. Yeah, it's in the top it's four. In the top, the it's in the lower portion of it, but it's there. Yeah. yeah. Um, a movie I may, well, I quite possibly will never watch again. I won't ever watch this again. Yeah. I can't see myself watching it. You know what this movie did for me? It gave me a bit of clarity. Yeah. Because I call Lex Luthor Lex Luthor, but his name is is Lex Luthor. Oh. Okay. Lex Luthor. Isn't it Luthor? 
I think so. I say Luther as well. That's what they call him in all the new stuff. Okay. It's Luthor. Luthor. Okay. I call him Luther. Yeah. Even in these these movies, I feel like people call him Luthor, except right. okay. for Christopher Reeve. In uh, all these movies, Christopher Reeve calls him Luther. And I think that's why that's I why. call him Luther is for because sure. this is what I grew up on. I grew up on Christopher Reeve calling him Luther. So I call him Luther. For sure. So it's impossible for me now to change it. Yeah. Because I've already been programmed to call him Luther. So that's where it came from for, for me. And I for realized sure. that in this movie. It took me four movies to get there to realize that that was happening. But I, I, I made it there. Yeah. I'm glad the movie could give you something. Yeah. It gave me lots of things. Some good, a good, some time. bad. Yeah. I enjoyed my time with it. Like, I wasn't like... For sure. At, at no point did I want to turn it off. I mean, if I was watching it for recreational purposes, maybe I shut it off and put something else on. But as, like, something to watch for the podcast, I was fine. Like, I, I didn't have a bad time with it. It was... It's so wild and so bizarre. Um it's one of those ones you have to, it's like a train wreck almost. You have to keep watching because you can't believe the train wreck. Uh, but there was just enough kind of around every turn just to keep me still interested just enough to keep going. Yeah. There's, there's a big difference to me, at least there's a big difference between wanting to turn something off and wanting it to end. And, uh, I wanted this to end. I wanted it to be over, but I, I never wanted to turn it off and not see the end. I just wanted it to be the end. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to live in a moment where I wasn't watching it anymore. Yeah, I didn't want the two fights. I didn't want the first yeah, nuclear the man first fight and then, then the second. Yeah. But I think what happened was they had that original nuclear man. So when they get rid of him, I feel like they fill that gap with another nuclear man fight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they get rid of the Bizarro guy but they have to fill it in with something else. So they just have him fight the the other one twice. Yeah. And that wasn't like that fight was, you know, that you said they were flying around a lot. Like they were just chasing each other. Like there was not a lot of actual fighting in that first one. They were really just like flying after each other, like just chasing each other. It was, it was quite boring. It was like they'd be in outer space. Yeah. Superman would kick nuclear man down to earth. They'd go down to earth like nuclear man would punch Superman into orbit. They'd go back to orbit. <laughs> Superman would punch nuclear man down to earth. You yeah. know, it felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we're done with that one. We've wrapped up this, uh, original four Superman franchise. Cool. It was a lot of fun though. I, I had a good time with that series. I do like it. Oh yeah, for sure. I like it too. I will watch. I'll, I'm pretty sure I'll watch. The first three, for sure, all again. I just don't know if I'd hit this four ever again. Which one do you go back to first? Two, I think. Two? Well, I might go... Actually, here we go. I might go... I like two the most, I think, but I might go back to one first because I want to see one again. After we've seen everything, I want to see one again. I want to see that that first one because we, like, we had a lot of fun with that movie. Um, I want to see if it's, you know, if it's as... Um, you know, not as great as we thought it was. You know, we, we, we didn't really think it was too great. Um, I want to see if it's better than that. I want to see if it's better than what we originally thought. I'm going back to three. I think. Ooh, fun. It's a lot of fun. That's that fun. That's fun. fun, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, if you're still listening at this point, 
and you'd like to help help support uh, Talking Back, we'd very much appreciate it. There's a few ways you can do that. You can tell your friends about our show. Also, if you haven't done it yet, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can also send us a one-time donation at buymeacoffee.com slash talkingback. Or you can sign up to be a patron and gain access to exclusive episodes over at patreon.com slash talkingbackpodcast. And now that this episode is over, don't worry. Head on over to bfopnetwork.com and check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something you like. And I know for a fact that Nuclear Man (laughs) headed over to bfopnetwork.com and he is currently enjoying several of the podcasts there. Hell yeah. (laughs) Dean, thank you for joining. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la.